So, in talking about being called, being chosen, and how we're called to belong, last week I uh, preached about, you know, the, the opportunity we have to either be pot plants or to be planted in the house of God. Quite challenging, I think, because it, it, it's sort of like, well, you know, in, in a world where I guess our houses have become a little bit of a refuge, a place where we go to the end of the day and we put the shutters up and we don't let people in light into our lives very much, that we have closed down a fair bit to that whole relational thing, haven't we? Like, I was listening to, to something this week, uh, it was actually on Today Show or something, maybe it was Sunrise, let's give them both a plug, neither of them, neither of them are sponsors of myself, <laughs> just to clear that, <laughs> but... but um, Someone had written a book about the drop-in culture. You know, I don't know if uh, if any of you remember that. Yeah, people would just drop in. You know, what I mean, you'd be at home, and next minute someone's dropping in. So, you know, your mum would get you to quickly tidy up everything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Someone says, "Coming over, quick! We all need help." And like the dishes are all done, and. You know, the, the stuff's all thrown into one room, the door shut, and, uh, you know, maybe do a, <laughs> a quick vacuum and a tidy up. Someone was coming over, and, and it was, but it was sort of acceptable, do you know what I mean, that, that people actually had to do with each other's lives, and it was acceptable to just drop over, obviously with warning, <laughs> it's the best. Um, yeah, it's far better than anything else. But we are called into relationship. But as Christians especially, God has called us into the body and given us gift to do things. And that's what I wanted to really talk about this morning with, with us, to just really challenge ourselves, am I really connecting into the body the way that God wants me to? Okay, so am I really listening to God's call for me to be part of a body? Because let's be honest, um, we do put up walls and fences and you know we, we don't enter into the relationships that we should and we do lack that relational care often with our lives. If we don't get into community, we lack love. It's as simple as that. And, you know, as Christians, the opportunity to love and, and live out that love is given to us in a special way that we gather together probably more often than most people, right? As a, as a body of people, we gather together more. Hopefully that, that we've decided, you know what, I'm going to plant myself in the house of the Lord and I'm going to make friends. I'm going to, you know, make sure I hang around and get to know people that I'm friendly and welcoming to those that, that I don't know. And, and we're building this, like, network. And I was thinking about it, you know, with the body of Christ, it's, it's so different to how often things are perceived. So I was talking to a friend this week about the organisation he works in, and uh, he was given a job, and now there's all these people appealing it because they want that position. They want to be the one who's actually you know, promoted or whatever it would be. And it's not just one person. It's like there, there's this encouragement actually within the organisation. If you don't get the job, appeal it. Because really you deserve it and they don't deserve it. And, and we think about the way that Jesus operated in the world it was so different to that, wasn't it? He said, actually, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, you have to be the least. You have to be the servant of all. It's, it's like... It's not a positional thing, and, and thinking about it with us today, so what I'm talking about is, you know, the gifts that God has given us to be used. We're called to, to use those gifts. 
And in fact, it's a crime for us not to use them, and it's a crime for us to, to not let other people use their gifts. But also that responsibility that is actually on us to walk in the gifts. The church is not a hierarchy, you understand that? And I was thinking about it, how could you really, you know, show what the church is? And, and in my head, it's almost like it's this flat plane, right? We, we've got all these people, almost like a mat, you know, and we're bound together, hopefully by love. But the point of each position or each gift in the church is never to lift someone up. It's always to slot them into the place that they're meant to be, where they belong, where they're, they're serving and doing the things that God has called them to. Does that make sense? So, for example, I might be the pastor and we've got people on a committee and, and people in leadership that are given responsibilities within the church, but in God's eyes, no one's more important. The whole point of those things is because God has maybe, hopefully, given the people in those positions gifts so that they can make the whole body grow. It doesn't mean anyone's better or higher or anything like that. We're just all placed together in this one plane. Jesus Christ is the head. He is the, he is the ultimate um, ruler and authority over actually all creation. But certainly the church, that, that it's him that we're honouring and serving, isn't it? So... As we start to look at this this morning, I want you to understand that the gifts that you have been given from God have been given so that you can actually help the whole body grow in a healthy way. If you think about it, the strength of anything is not in the leadership only. There is strength in leadership, definitely. But what makes a structure sustain itself? It's the binding of those who are there, right, that, that are really invested in it. So, so you'll, you'll sometimes see there's this amazing charismatic person who leads people. As soon as they die, what happens? Everything falls apart. Because in actual fact, it's not built the way that God would build. It's built the way that man builds, where we, we give honour to a person in a, in a crazy degree where we're actually almost replacing God with that person in a certain situation, all right? Does that make sense? That each one of us, the only way this church is ever strong is not because we have a great leader or even a great leadership team or whatever it might be. The strength is not in that. The strength is that we are bound together in Christ Jesus, that each one of us is called to do our part for the body so that the whole body remains strong and accomplishes everything that, it, that it's meant to do. So we, we're in a building right now, and I told the story of that a little bit last week during the offering, how we had this amazing day where there's a commitment of finances from a, from a number of people that is far even smaller than what we are today. And we put together our deposit, we got the loan, and we built this church. Now, there's still challenge in that. Obviously, everyone knows we've had 11 interest rate rises over the last year, and so there's this stretch on that side of things. But this church has been a springboard for so much ministry. We have things happening here all the time during the week. We have our Food for Life. We have the cafe going. We have Bible studies come in. We have a craft group. We have a school come in and do, does assemblies and stuff like that. We, we have um, Created to Create, which was here yesterday. We have mainly music where we're reaching out to people just in the community with kids and saying, come in, come and gather. So this is an amazing facility that we can do those things in 
but it took commitment to do it, right? It took everybody doing their part. I didn't actually have enough money in the bank when we built this building for me to just write a check. I wish I did and build this building. But it was everyone saying together, you know what? We have a purpose. We want to establish something in Howard Springs that lasts. And so we don't want to be temporary. We want to be residents. We want to do what like God said to the Israelites when they were, when they were in captivity. He said, get married, have kids, build houses, bless the community that you're in. The prosperity of your community is your prosperity. And that's what we want to be in Howard Springs, right? In Darwin, that, that the prosperity of Howard Springs is our prosperity, that, that if we can, can, can get God working and working in our lives, that somehow this community just prospers in, a, in an amazing way because God is present, because we have committed to it. And, and we were talking, um, the elders were talking the other night, and uh, one of them said, you know what, we built the church, now we need to build the church. What did, it, what did he mean by that? It happened to be one of the men. <laughs> Just say. He meant that now is the time for us to go, this is our new fight. This is our new ground. That we want to build this church so it is really, really strong. That the people that come here are not churchgoers, they're actually committed Christians that are willing to disciple one another, that live for one another, that if necessary, die for one another. That the bond in here becomes so strong. And that cannot happen with good messages. It can't come with good preaching only. You want to have that here. But you know what it comes from? Every member doing their part to say, this is it. We're in 100%. We're going to do this. So, so let's have a look at... Uh, some scriptures. First of all, I just wanted to make sure that we understand something very important. So if we could put up that first scripture, please. Romans 4. 4. It says this, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they've earned. I want us to understand this, first of all. If you have an amazing gift, what we consider amazing, it's not a wage. Anything that you're gifted from God is a gift. It's not something they've earned. You're not somebody special. You didn't do something amazing for it. But God in his grace and his mercy poured out a gift on your life. Everyone has a gift, a spiritual gift that is given by God. All right? So we're going to look at who gave us the gifts that we are meant to use them for the body. And this is our first call. And to live for one another that way. So here we are, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6 and 7. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Interesting, right? So you might be sitting there this morning and saying, yeah, I don't really have a gift from God. I would say you're wrong, like just reading that, okay? Because God, God has given us each a spiritual gift. The point of that gift is not so that I can be recognised for my amazingness. And, and I thought about it, you know, the gift of tongues, for example, the gift of praying in tongues. You know, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, it says he gives us the Spirit because so, we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray as we ought. So the Spirit 
prays for us with groanings and utterings. And it's like, the only reason that we get that gift is because we're so hopeless at prayer. Seriously, you know. It's not some great, you know, look at me thing. It's, it's a, you're actually pretty bad at praying, so let me help you. <laughs> and it's the same with all the gifts that we have. It's like God's saying, you guys need something from God because actually by yourself, it's not going to work. So here we are, God's given us each a spiritual gift. The gift is from God, it's the same God who does the work in all of us and it's given to us what's the reason for that? To help each other, right? Galatians 6, 2, and five, two to 5. Share each other's burdens, in this way you obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself, you're not that important. What a downer, Right? Pay careful attention to your own work, then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else for we're each responsible for our own conduct. I really like that for two reasons. One, it's like, stop thinking you're so good. <laughs> you're not too important to help someone else, you know? Like, there's nothing in the kingdom of God that says you are better than anyone else. Nothing. We're all the same. We're all sinners that needed salvation. Jesus needed to die for every single one of us because we'd missed it. And we all needed salvation as a free gift because we couldn't earn it. And so we get these amazing things from God. And you know when you don't help someone else, and you might not think this, but what you're really thinking is I'm too important. My needs are far more important than anyone else's and I don't need to help anyone because I'm helping myself. You know, and we do know that that's the way that the world thinks, right? I need me time, I need my, look after myself, look after, you know, whatever it might be. And of course we do need to do that. But how much better if we had this group of people that weren't just looking after themselves, but they were helping one another. So when we lack something, we don't need to go and find it ourselves. We've got people that love us and we live in community with. And we're responsible for our own conduct. We cannot blame other people for it. Now, if you've been given a gift from God, how do you think he wants you to use it? Let, let's read that. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 to 11. God has given each of you a gift... Again, we see that everyone's got a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Can you, are you getting this yet? What's a gift for? Serving one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies and everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ All glory and power to him forever and ever. What I love about this is that when God gives you a gift, it can be a different variety. Now, I didn't go through all those varieties today, but there's, there, there's so many gifts, like it talks about apostles, prophets, uh, teachers, gift of miracles, gift of healing, gift of helps, gift of giving. Um, th there's a thousand gifts that are in there, and the Bible actually says, it doesn't say these are the only gifts in the Bible, it says these are some of the gifts that God gives. And each one of us are created a certain way that God can use us. I don't know what your gift might be, but maybe your gift is plumbing. 
and you're really good at fixing things and God's saying, why don't you use that to help the body? Maybe your gift is encouragement and God's saying, if you're going to encourage people, do it with all your heart. Get out there every day and encourage people. If it's your gift, giving, then give. Give beyond capacity because that's a gift that God has given you. Is your gift hospitality? Use your gift really well. Have people over to your house all the time. Use your gift. Is your gift just seeing people when, when you go out and, and you see them, you're like, oh, they look really sad. Is your gift picking up those things and going over to someone and just saying, hey, how you doing? Is your gift making things, make things, but do everything that we do with all our heart. And I can't help to think that, that we often hold back from what God has given us to do, don't we? We're listening out for what God wants for us to do and we hear what God wants us to do even sometimes. Have you ever heard of that word unction? It's a, it's a funny little word, but unction. It's like this feeling, I need to do something. How many times has God spoken to you and said, you should really do this? And even to yourself, you say, I should be doing this and you never do it. God is calling us into service of each other and of the world around us. And he's given us different gifts to do that. There is actually not one person in the body of Christ who has nothing to give or nothing to contribute to the work of God. And what we've got to remember is that whatever gift that we have is meant to be used so that we can impact eternity with it. It's not for today and, and and you might have these amazing gifts maybe there's someone here who's just got this amazing gift of business and everything they do makes money and that might even be a gift from god to you and it's like god's saying why aren't you using that for kingdom work why are you storing up treasures on earth instead of heaven why are you doing these things and never impacting the kingdom or there's other gifts that you have and it's like God saying, why aren't you using them for my benefit? Why are you working towards retirement rather than eternity with what you do? Why is it that he has asked you to do something and you've never got time? And I know like the church often talks about, you know, can you help in this area? Can you volunteer here? Blah, blah, blah. And we shut our ears sometimes because we're just like, ah, oh, it's not that important. Can, can I just ask ourselves, what is actually important? You know, I, I love my wife, Jo. She's at the back. It's good that I love her. Um, she's doing the projector today. And... I know what we're doing as a family. I'm doing not that much. Joe's doing study. She's running an ELC. She's doing a prac at the moment. And you know what the easiest thing for her would be? I don't have time to do the projector this morning. And we might think, well, that's not a gift. No, it's not. But it is service to the, to the kingdom, right? How many of you appreciate the right words being up there when you're singing? <laughs> Hello. It makes worship flow better, right? We can see the scriptures. And it's not always like this massive commitment because I understand that people are like busy sometimes. Definitely. 
Definitely they're hurting sometimes. Sometimes you need to be on the stretcher and be carried by others, but sometimes you need to carry the stretcher. There's, there are seasons in life where there's less that we can practically do and we'll never reach our potential. We never will. I mean, I know that people say you can do anything. Well, you can't. You can, but you have to be so selfish to do it. You know, how many times have you heard an Olympian, oh, I gave up my family, I gave up this and sleeping? I don't know, maybe they didn't get to sleep, but, you know, I got up early in the morning, I trained a thousand hours a day and, you know, everything and then all the sacrifice I put in for this little gold medal, I'm the best. Boom, boom. And meanwhile, everyone else has come second and third for their entire life. Um, you can't always get everything, but, but, but it's sometimes how we are geared, you know, that, that we sacrifice the wrong things. I would, rather them, I would rather hear these words come out of an elite athlete's mouth. I sacrificed my goal for an Olympic medal because my family was hurting. That's a better sacrifice, right? And there's things in our life that we do where we make sacrifice, but it's all for the wrong reason. It's all to promote ourselves to to do things that, that don't give room for God at all. Like we've got a gift from God in a certain area and we're too busy chasing our own life, our own selfish desires to think about the kingdom of God. I don't have time for that. You know, you hear the, the, the calls go out, um, we need some helpers with the kids' church. I don't have time for that. I'm playing six sports a week, my kids are in eight. I don't have time for that. I've got time to get my kids fit and shoot whatever, baskets or guns or run or play footy or play cricket or swim, whatever it might be. I've got time to do that all week. I've got them involved in seven sports, so they've got no time for Jesus. But by golly, there's no time for them to go to youth. And I certainly can't help with kids in Sunday school and, and their spiritual growth because I'm busy pursuing a dream. Now, I know it sounds really heavy, right? And, and I'm not saying don't do any of that stuff. What I'm trying to do is actually take this to extremes so that we can think. That we can actually think. What am I really building? What am I really building? Am I building something that lasts for a moment, that, that, that moment of glory? Or am I actually living for glory for eternity? Have I switched myself on to living that way? And the building is always done in strong community. Let's have a look at a couple of verses that were given to Timothy. Uh, Timothy was a protege of Paul, basically treated him like a son. And so this is nothing new, guys. We neglect the things of God. We have that struggle to do the things God wants. 1 Timothy 4.14 Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid hands on you. 2 Timothy 1.6 This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. There's a responsibility for each one of us to go, what is my gift, God? 
And we have to do these two things. Number one, don't neglect it. So there's two things that Paul said here to Timothy. One, don't neglect it. In other words, if you have a spiritual gift, don't just leave it on the shelf. Something that God has given you, and each one of you has a spiritual gift. Let's not say if you have a spiritual gift. You have a spiritual gift. And God says, number one, don't neglect it. Number two, not just don't neglect it, but stir yourself up in that spiritual gift. Stir it up within you. Fan it into flames. Don't let whatever God has placed in your heart die. That thought, that unction that I talked about before, when you're like, oh God, it would be really good, you know, I've been thinking about it. I was thinking of starting a bike riding club and I want to do that and and bring some Christian friends and non-Christian friends in and it's a gift I have of just gathering people together. I should do that. Should have, would have, couldn't, didn't, whatever. (laughs) But there's some things inside of you that, that would be so beneficial for the kingdom of God. I'm not just talking about gifts. I'm talking about connecting as well with people in your life. And what we can sometimes do is, is come to this place where we think, in fact, we're so proud that if somebody doesn't notice my gift, I'm just going to withdraw it. If somebody's not noticing me, I'll make them notice me by not being there. There's two things that are really, really dangerous. Number one is for us as the body of Christ to say, I don't need you. That's really wrong. Because the complete picture is only made up from all the separate parts. I don't know if you know about the Impressionist painters and dots as well on bits yeah they they painted whole pictures with dots so everything was a dot each dot different color different strength different hue but the picture is only complete when every single dot is in its place it's exactly the same with the body of christ so let's have a look what it says in Corinthians about that. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 to 15 and 10 to 21. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Number one, how often have you said, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. I'm not that, so God doesn't need me. I'm not whatever it might be. I'm not a blessed piano player. God doesn't need me in worship. He needs your heart and he needs your soul in worship he needs someone who's there to to talk to people to connect with people he needs someone there that during the week when someone 
needs a meal, that they drive around and give him a meal. But how often have you thought, I'm just not enough? What I have isn't useful to the kingdom of God. The body has many different parts and you cannot say the body doesn't need me. It needs you. You're part of the body. And, And there has to be that recognition inside of us that we are part of it. That, that this church is less rich the day that you disconnect. This church is less complete the day you decide to walk away and not be part of what it is. Secondly, the next one was, you can't say to the feed, I don't need you. So on the other hand, it's like, oh, I don't need them. We're fine without them. We don't need your gift, whatever that might be from God. It's just as disgraceful as saying, I'm not needed. It's just as disgraceful for the body to say, we don't need you. We don't need you. You see, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to each other. This is a calling that we are called together. To be dedicated, to be deliberate, to be obedient and to build what God wants in this place. We have a building, but we need a church that is strong because the community needs a strong church. We need a strong church for ourselves. And it's not about being something you're not. It's not about being... It's not about that. It's about being who you are. Who has God created you to be? What are the gifts that he's given you it's about yourself yielding and surrendering to the will of God in your life and it's taking everything that you are and putting it at the altar and saying God I want you to use me to help build the church because the church needs me I am part of that body And it's really not, as I've said before, it's not the big moment. It's not the big wow, the amazing explosion that you make onto the scene. It's about the given moments of obedience to what God has called you to do. Are you walking in that? He multiplies what you have. You'll be astonished at what God does in your life as you surrender yourself to him. You will be astonished what God does in this church if you surrender yourself to him. And you make this decision that the body needs me. I need to be connected. And if you make the decision to say, I need you, as part of this body, I need you. And the responsibility for the answering of the call lies wholly and solely on ourselves. We can't blame anyone else if we don't do what God wants us to do. Jesus did that with his disciples, didn't he? You know, when he said to them, he said, come and follow me. Here's a decision. Will you follow or will you stay? But here's the invitation, come and follow me.
there's never manipulation. There's never forcing. There's never guilting by Jesus. It was simply this. I'm throwing out an invitation to you guys. Come and follow me. And that invitation has been extended down through the, the eons so far. I don't know how millenniums, the thousands of years since Jesus has died to us today, right? The invitation's there. Come and follow me. I want you to give up yourself and take me. What are you going to do with that today? How are you going to answer that call? Because I'm pretty sure that, you know, we go out of here and life hits us again. What are you going to do? Because it's not always easy, by the way, to follow Jesus, just so you know, just so you're prepared. The things he asks us to do aren't always easy. It's not easy to give up my time for someone else. Sometimes, you know what I mean? It's not easy. But it's necessary. And it displays exactly the love that God showed us through Jesus Christ, doesn't it? Do you know what? There was no need for Jesus to die for God. Like in terms of let me get the words right what I'm trying to say it was necessary for Jesus to die for us but it was unnecessary for God to send Jesus right there's literally no benefit to God practically and what I mean by that is God is complete in himself God does not need anything God does not need us to be complete. God is complete. We understand that, right? Yeah. It was unnecessary for God to redeem this world. It didn't have to happen. It was necessary for us that Jesus died on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. because we had a broken relationship with God. And the only thing that compelled him and compelled Jesus Christ to go through such suffering and sorrow was because of the love that God had for us. God so loved the world. It wasn't God so needed the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You think about Jesus, when it talks about Jesus, it said, for our sake, he became poor. He gave up heaven to live as a man. Do you understand what that means? He had this perfectly beautiful relationship with the Father, living in heaven, had everything he wanted. All of a sudden, he comes down to earth and is confronted by sin in reality for the first time. You see, as Jesus was in heaven, he could never be tempted by sin because God can't sin and Jesus is God. 
the moment he gave that up, he was saying, I'm surrendering to this, that I'm going to be tempted to do the wrong thing now. That I'm going to suffer like humans suffer. He didn't suffer in heaven. He didn't endure any pain. He had everything he wanted. And Jesus gave his life for you. Isn't it only reasonable that you should give your life for him in service and to one another? Maybe this morning you have never received Jesus Christ. The story for you is this. Jesus died for your sin. You are a sinner. You need Jesus because you can't be washed clean without him. But he died for your sin. When you receive Jesus Christ, there's this free gift of salvation that comes. Jesus paid the penalty for your sin on the cross. And how do I get that? You believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for you, that he was buried and that he rose again. And that can be your story as well. That when you die and you're buried, you rise again to new life, to live eternally with him. It's as simple as that. It's a gift. How do I explain it? I can't. All I know is it's true. And today we're having some baptisms where they're going to testify. It's true. And now I'm giving my life and I'm showing it through baptism. If that's you this morning, you've never received Jesus Christ, I'm just going to pray. I just ask you to pray with me and, and just really allow God to fill your hole in your heart today. He will. Let's pray. Father God, I'm so sorry that I have sinned against you. I need you. Please forgive me of my sin this morning. I want to give my life to you. From this day on, I want to serve you and I want to trust you and I want to grow in knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Uh, worship team, come up. Now, this morning, as I've been speaking, if there's something that's just grabbed your heart and you want prayer for it, please come up. But more than that, what I want you to do is go away this week and really think about what's been said this morning, what's right, what's wrong, what resonates, what doesn't. But let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart today. Are you living for eternity? Are you using God's gift for the